Hello and welcome to episode two of Quadcast, the monthly podcast for Oxford alumni. This month we'll be interviewing an alumna of Jesus College, Tilly Rose, about her work widening access to Oxford University and her life as a blogger and social media influencer. We'll also have our usual roundup of news and research from across the university and the latest from our online magazine for alumni, Quad. So the leading news story for today is that the university has announced the foundation of a new college and this will be a graduate only college and it will be physically located uh, on Parks Road adjacent to the Radcliffe Science Library opposite Keeble. Beyond that we don't know much more except that we do know that there's going to be 200 students and they will expect to matriculate in 2020. We also know that the college will focus on mathematical, physical and life sciences. And the Vice-Chancellor has also said that she has asked Professor Lionel Tarasenko to be the first head of house. Tarasenko is a CBE and he is currently a world-leading expert in the application of signal processing and machine learning to healthcare. He's also a professorial fellow of St. John's College since 1997. And he says about this great opportunity, and I quote, My own field of research, machine learning, intersects with philosophy, ethics and neuroscience. Progress on issues such as climate change and the loss of biodiversity is being made at the nexus of the physical, natural and human behavioural sciences. Exciting research occurs at the boundaries between disciplines. Oxford's new college will harness diverse expertise, bringing together researchers who have curiosity beyond their own subject in common. It will be an immense privilege to lead this new project. So, uh, yeah, Tabitha, what do you make of it? Yeah, I think it's really interesting to see this kind of subject-based college start happening. Um, it's something a bit different for Oxford colleges. They're normally not so focused on specific subjects. So it's great to see these kind of cause areas of artis- artificial intelligence and climate change being looked at. Um, so, yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how that develops. And outside of Oxford, the university also made it to Mars this November with researchers from Oxford's Department of Physics co-designing the seismometer, which was taken on the Mars mission, and it's now recorded the first ever sounds from the red planet. Plus, if you look closely enough on some of the photos from the mission, which we've actually covered on our online quad magazine, you might even catch a glimpse of the Oxford University logo. So finally for news this month, uh, as you may have heard, the Oxford alumni team is heading to Tokyo in March 2019 for our next alumni weekend. There's still time to book if you want to join us, um, as well as a timetable packed full of high profile speaker sessions on topics ranging from extreme weather to the science behind living longer and healthcare robotics. We've also just opened up a few extra spaces on our walking tours of Tokyo during the weekend, which have been very popular. So as I say, there's still time to book if you want to come to Tokyo with us next March. So now on to this month's interview. And this morning we headed off to Jesus College on Turl Street to talk to Tilly Rose, who you might also know as That Oxford Girl. So hi, Tilly. Um, Thank you very much for coming to talk to us. Um, Tilly is our guest in this edition of Quadcast. And I wanted to start by asking you about That Oxford Girl. Um, Can you just give us a brief overview of what it is? 
Yes, so That Oxford Girl is a blog and Instagram providing a student perspective of the application process and life at Oxford Uni. Thank you, thank you. Um, Tilly, uh, for those of you who don't already know, um, matriculated to Jesus College in 2011 um, to read um, her undergraduate degree in English language and literature. So winding back in time, give us a bit more of a sense of how it all began. Yes, so my journey to Oxford actually began when I was 10 years old and I came to the city on a day out with my parents and whilst we were here we stumbled across a sign outside Balliol College uh, which was inviting the public to come and have a look around and I walked into the quad in Balliol and was totally in awe of what I saw and turned around to my mum and dad and said, I'm going here, (laughs) to which they laughed but whatever it was I made up my mind at that age that Oxford was the goal. Unfortunately, the following year, I became very seriously ill and from that point onwards, hardly went to school. But um, I was told not to bother taking my GCSEs. I was told not to bother applying to university. But I held on to the dream and much to my school's amazement was later offered a place to read English literature and language, as you said, at Jesus College, which was incredible. Um, And I absolutely loved my time at Jesus. It was one of the best experiences of my life. But sadly, whilst I was there, it was a bit of a struggle as I was diagnosed or found out I'd been living with undiagnosed active tuberculosis for 13 years and had to begin 18 months of what turned out to be life-saving chemotherapy treatment. And really, that was the story behind that Oxford girl. Because when I graduated, I was still on that chemotherapy treatment and wasn't in a position to work full-time but I need I felt I needed something for my CV so I asked myself what am I good at and that was writing and what do I know about and that was Oxford Uni and I remember thinking how much I would have benefited from a free insight into both the application process and student life and so that Oxford girl was born the blog and Instagram which provided that student perspective of that process and life behind the walls at Oxford Uni. And, well, that's quite a story. Very inspiring indeed. Um, if I'm right, it's really snowballed since then. So how long have you been doing it now? So I set up the um, blog and Instagram in September 2016, so just over two years. And yes, it's really grown. The Instagram now has over 27,000 followers. The blog's had over 380,000 views. And I now, um, last year, set up a student ambassador scheme at the university and now have over 70 current students from across 24 colleges and halls writing for the blog. That's amazing. Um, Just to reiterate this for the uh, benefit of the audience, it's a very friendly relationship you have with the university, but you're, am I right in saying that you're independent? Yes, and I think actually that's what makes that Oxford girl unique. It provides an independent student voice Uh, which is different from the sort of official documents that the university put out there. And I believe that it's that kind of human element which makes it appeal to younger people. And it's through that that it's really developed into a powerful free access resource, encouraging young people from all backgrounds to consider Oxford as an option. Um, It's becoming an accepted 
career path to do what you've done but obviously in, in what's really nice about your story is that this came about very organically as a result of all sorts of different things do you think it's going to be your full-time activity well yes as you say it grew in a way I never envisaged I set it up as ultimately a stopgap for my CV and as you say it snowballed and in the last two years the the feedback I've got from young people is that it's it's helped so many young people given so many young people the tools to make a competitive application to Oxford and it's got to the stage where it now feels too valuable to simply walk away from um, but the difficulty with it has been um, obviously trying to fund it and once I got back on my feet and finished my treatment I got a job in recruitment um, which I did alongside that Oxford girl um, in order to keep it going and just more recently I've given that up to focus on this full-time as it's very much now turned into a full-time role um, but yeah the dream would be to keep developing it and keep developing the ambassador scheme the content on the blog and help more and more young people in the future. Gosh, that's absolutely amazing. Well, um, we we all hope that that will happen. And we'll come back at the end of this uh, interview to how uh, listeners might be able to help in that process. But um, I thought, first of all, we, we might talk a little bit about some interactions you've had with your audience. How, I mean, give us some examples of people you've helped. So the fantastic thing about the Oxford Girl is that the audience are really, really engaged and I am absolutely inundated with messages every single day from potential applicants, also from Oxford students who are now more and more following the blog and Instagram. And there are, of course, a, a few that, that do stand out. Um, I think the main ones that really make this really feel worthwhile are the young people that say they would never even have considered applying to Oxford in the first place had they not come across the blog and Instagram. And it was the fact, or it is the fact, that it has this fun, light-hearted, approachable tone that makes the whole of the Oxford system seem a lot less intimidating. And also the visuals on the Instagram that make it seem aspirational. And they say, yeah, they wouldn't have had that confidence um, to even take that leap. And I think in that sense, it's really raising aspirations. Equally, I get messages um, from teachers um, one that particularly stood out to me was a teacher who got in touch to say the year prior to finding that Oxford girl, she'd had a young person who had been invited to interview Oxford but had been too terrified to turn up. And the following year, she'd shared the resource with the next cohort and she said that, it felt, that she felt it now felt a lot less intimidating to them and a lot more approachable and that hopefully this cohort would actually turn up for interview. So, That's very yeah, encouraging. Yeah, really, really encouraging feedback. Yeah. What do you think, if, if somebody is approaching Oxford knowing nothing about it, what do you think the, the most important clarification is about the way the, the university is not like other universities with the collegiate system? Is that something that you often encounter as a, as a bit of a mystery to would-be applicants? I think so. I think one of the areas that I found and that I found when I was applying is many young people at school just see Oxford University as sort of your, your, your classic sort of campus uni and don't understand that the collegiate system even exists. So in that respect, they're not going to be going on every individual college website to find out about Balliol or Jesus or whatever. And therefore, the whole system seems quite complicated and difficult to navigate. 
And with that Oxford girl, what I'm trying to do is bring together all of those colleges onto one platform. So hopefully by the time that these young people are going through the process of applying, they have a better understanding of how the system works. And it seems all a lot less stressful. Um, yeah, and, and easier to kind of overcome. And I'm sitting here looking at a rather beautiful hardback book, <laughs> uh, not surprisingly called That Oxford Girl. And then the subtitle is A Real Student's Guide to Oxford University by Tilly Rose. Tell us about the book. How did this come about? Yes, yeah, so the book came about because, well, again, whilst I was studying at Oxford, I used to go into the various bookshops in the city and there were quite a lot of books out there that were very factual, very linear, black and white, um, providing that, as I say, more kind of historic, factual um, take on the university. But again, in the same way as the blog and Instagram, there was nothing I didn't feel giving that student insight to what actually went on behind these college walls. And I felt when I was applying that I would have loved to have had something like this book that takes sort of a, a quirky, refreshing perspective on on life at Oxford. One thing I noticed about the book is that it's very uh, visual. And um, we were talking about this just before we started recording, but Instagram wasn't around when you were a, a, <laughs> still a student. Is that right? Oh, so Instagram was around. Well, it was around, but yeah. it was a much less known channel yeah so um the, the funny thing was with it that I didn't have Instagram when I was here and my friends kept saying well you really need to download it and I thought <laughs> no no not another form of social media but actually I think it has taken off in recent years in um in a way that more and more young people are engaging with it and for me that's I think part of the success of the Oxford girl using a platform that young people are familiar with to engage with them so with Instagram, I'm guessing that you put up beautiful pictures of Oxford some of the time. Yes. Is there a danger that that idealises the place in a way that, you know, there have been criticisms of Instagram for doing this mm. in all walks of life, inconsistent with the reality? So I think Instagram or social media in general obviously does have negative pressures and does get, as you say, quite a great deal of negative press. I think what's different about the Oxford girl is that it's using these visuals to, one, normalise the Oxford experience. So by the time young people are going through the application process or coming to the university for interview, the, the way that the colleges are formed, the chapels, the grand dining halls are suddenly more familiar. And I think that makes it less intimidating. Equally, I think Instagram um, gets criticised for putting pressure on young people to be living this sort of perfect life. Again, I think what I tried to do with the Oxford girl and what my fantastic student ambassadors tried to do in their posts is not present Oxford as the perfect life. We very much acknowledge that studying Oxford is stressful. You might cry after your first tutorial. Um, it might be feel absolutely terrifying when you arrive on day one. And we tried to say all of those things are completely normal. And in that sense, we're not just presenting the perfect picture, but maybe more of an honest, real perspective of what life is really like here. Well, of course, Oxford's, um, it is a beautiful place. It is, it? it is a beautiful <laughs> place, exactly. And it'd be a shame not to portray that. Yeah, quite, I agree with that too. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Thank you very much indeed for coming and speaking to us today. Thank you very much. So that was Tilly Rose being interviewed by Richard. That Oxford girl is such a valuable resource for applicants to Oxford University. And it was really great to meet Tilly this morning. We'll obviously leave links to Tilly's blog in the description of this podcast.
We also interviewed Tilly in more detail for our alumni stories series on our online magazine quad. So if you're interested in hearing more about Tilly's story, then head over to alumni.ox.ac.uk forward slash quad. And we've also interviewed a few other alumni this month for the Alumni Stories series, including Jason Aurora, who studied medicine at St John's College. He then went on to be a practising doctor in the UK, but he actually left the profession after just two years because he felt like he could have more of an impact by working to improve the healthcare system as a whole, rather than working with individual patients. So again, you can read his full story, his time in Oxford and his career since leaving on Quad magazine. Thank you very much, Tabitha. The next item we wanted to mention concerns batteries. I went over to the materials department to interview Professor Peter Bruce, and he is leading a £12 million research programme, which involves seven UK universities and nine industrial partners, so it's quite a big thing. And what they're trying to do is to understand the fundamental chemistry of what are known as solid-state batteries, and this is all to hopefully lead to a great big upgrading of the sorts of batteries that you find in electric cars. Currently lithium-ion batteries or lithium-polymer batteries, the energy density is not where it would ideally be. I mean, they're getting pretty good and they've improved up to a certain point, Professor Bruce told me. But the industry hopes that solid-state batteries will provide a real revolution so that the energy density of batteries will increase greatly. However, Professor Bruce told me that this would be, you know, it's not guaranteed. We're talking about basic science still being understood. So it's a big, complex and difficult project. Anyway, you can read more about that on the Quad website. So another item we wanted to mention is this incredible biography of Dr. Bill Frankland, Bill is 106 years old and he is the oldest living alumnus of the university. He's an incredible man with an incredible story to tell and that story has been told in a new biography by Paul Watkins. Paul's done a very good job um, in conveying this very long life but I'm not going to spoil the plot but I will mention the Queen's College where Bill matriculated in 1930, has returned to its beer-making roots and it has a new ale called the Frankland in honour of Bill. Uh, Apparently the college has a very deep beer-making history and it ended in 1939, not because of the war, but because the equipment was clapped out and it ground to a halt almost by a natural process, at least that's what I've been led to believe. But I think we're going to probably go down to Queen's and get the full story there. But anyway, uh, the book itself is called From Hell Island to Hay Fever, The Life of Dr. Bill Frankland. And it's just been published in October 2018. So I recommend that to you. Uh, I think it's a terrific book and is very inspiring. And you can read the full version of all of those stories just mentioned, along with many others, at alumni.ox.ac.uk forward slash quad. And that's it for this episode of Quadcast. As always, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the episode, so please do get in touch using hashtag quadcast on social media, and you can find us at Oxford Alumni. Thank you very much for listening, and hope to see you again next month. Bye.